Thank you so much for tuning in to our, you know, financially speaking series in in collaboration with Tank this today. And I'm so glad and honored to have Rebecca Kirsch, founder of Tank App, a brilliant financial technology catering towards financial inclusion in the Philippines. So before we start, um, thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us. And uh, could you give us a brief introduction about who you are and the amazing work that you're doing? Yes, thank you so much for having me, Neha. Um, I am always thrilled to work with you and Financial Literacy Project. Um, my name is Rebecca. I'm the founder and CEO of FinTech Tang App. Um, I am Filipina and Dutch, so I was born in the Netherlands but went home frequently to the Philippines. My mother's from the Philippines and a lot of my family are. And I um, founded Tanga, particularly my inspiration behind it was my Filipina auntie. She is um, living in Europe right now. She's a migrant worker. She helped raise me, my brother and my sister. So, um, And she sent home most of the money uh, that she earned to support her family. And not only was her generosity in this unconditional love sort of a uh probably the reason why i maybe even if i am at all a, a, a bit of a decent person um that probably all comes from her but also um helped me see that the financial system unfortunately is, is quite broken for people like her migrant workers as well as then a lot of her relatives um, back home who are still unbanked. So that's what drove me to, to start Tang App, which in a nutshell is an international peer-to-peer -peer mobile payment app. So it allows migrant workers with a first focus on the Philippines to send money home on the Tang App, and then the receiver can use the same app to pay bills uh, and peer-to-peer. Oh, that's that's brilliant. And we worked with Tang App for, for, for a bit and it's just such an amazing technology. And I think it's not just something which is restrictive to a country like Philippines, but definitely something which a lot of migrant workers sort of relate to, irrespective of where they come from. A lot of it is especially around like, you know, emerging, emerging economies and countries where, of course, you know, the unbanked are sort of, um, you know, not really in in have access to those kind of uh, convenient technologies so this is something brilliant that you're building um what i'm very curious to know about how you sort of ventured into the world of finance and financial technology you know how did you come up you know with the idea of building tang and how did that happen yeah so i actually um so i uh, do not have a financial background. I do not have a technology or engineering background. Um, and I, so, so just to start with that, um, which I hope is also uh, a, a bit of an inspiration to other non-technical, uh, non-financial founders out there. I, I actually, what I cared most about was solving problems in the Philippines. That's always been my driving force. I've been very lucky and privileged to, um, have lived a very comfortable life to have access to financial services, um, to go for jobs that I, I want and that I, I love to do. And um, I learned very young on that in the Philippines, this inequality is vast. And it is only for a reason of being born into a different family, a different setting. Um, and, and that's just why I'm lucky. And so I um, started with this want for, for to have a better social impact uh, in the Philippines. And um, my family started a nonprofit in the education space already um, uh, about a, close to a decade ago now. And they've done tremendous work um, with this feeding program for an elementary school. And I, have, I went to the Harvard Kennedy School to do my master's. And I was, during my time there, thinking about 
what should I continue work on that? Should I join that and expand it? Or should I look into um, other issues? And interestingly, education has improved a lot since we started that, um, which is great. Um, but one problem that wasn't changing at all was financial inclusion, financial literacy. And it was one of the major contributors still to inequality and intergenerational poverty. So, um, so that led me to start to understand more and look more into financial inclusion, especially, especially in the Philippines. And that's kind of where it started. And then we, I was selected for a fellowship, which came with a grant uh, at Harvard. And then we were one of the winners in the Harvard President's Innovation Challenge and sort of a lot of competition um, awards came from there and so we realized okay with tang app i think we're on to something and i think uh it's a solution that could help a lot of people so it's sort of we hit the ground running from there and i started it officially about about a year and a half ago so it's gone yeah. really fast really quick <laughs> <laughs> no no it's just been such a phenomenal vision and I've, I've actually heard your life story earlier before but this is it just speaks so much about you know um sort of believing in dreams and then just coming up with sort of innovative solutions irrespective of the background that you come from so it really doesn't matter you know which particular background that you are but it really it, what's important is that it's a problem that worth solving and then sort of mm -hmm. finding ways to you know, solve that problem. So, um, yeah, so this has just been such an amazing, uh, you know, sort of journey of yours. What I'm very curious to know, and I think a lot of our, our listeners and, and watchers, people, viewers are students who are sort of interested in fintech and, you know, they, they, they are those kind of individuals looking for these kind of opportunities. So you've been in the space for almost a year and a half and, you know, it's fast growing. It's sort of picked up pace with the way, you know, COVID has impacted and uh, a lot of other, other technologies have been hit by COVID. But what we've noticed is that fintech has sort of like, you know, been, been embraced a little bit better because people are now accepting uh, newer technologies. So what are your key takeaways for people from that background, like, you know, looking for newer fintech applications and what are the other sort of uh, forms within fintech that you see are going to catch up in the next couple of years? Yeah, so I think it's, um, so in the Philippines, 70% um, are unbanked and it's a predominantly cash heavy country. Um, and so what we've seen with COVID now is um, e-payments have increased, um, debit and credit card have been uh, usage and requests have increased. So it, it's, an, it's a really interesting phenomenon with the pandemic, which is, is hard on the world um, and on everyone to see how that is driving financial inclusion, interestingly. Um, and so that's certainly very exciting, but I also think that um, what's really important, especially in finance and technology today, is that um, we use that positive momentum in um, in a helpful way. So I think it can be very exciting to keep rolling out products and and seeing whether you know this new group of people potentially using digital apps now for finance as opposed to when they were using cash. Um, that we are still cautious of just because these numbers are increasing, the financial literacy hasn't suddenly um, okay. come to exist. <laughs> and so I, I am very excited about other, other technologies, um, uh, but I think what's more important is as financial technology companies and, as, and sent for the central banks and emerging markets and other regulators, it's much more important that we make sure that the financial literacy that goes among it um, grows at the same time and that we don't just slack off on, oh my gosh, we now can get a bunch of users. Um, yeah. If 
they don't understand this properly, then we will have failed at our mission because financial inclusion without understanding why finance matters um, is, is, is a hollow goal. So I think that's what, that's what matters more. Um, and I think that the metaphor we always use at Tang app is when the world moved from uh, home landline phones to mobile phones, emerging markets went straight to home to mobile phones. They did not have home landlines. And with banking, we see the same opportunity. So there's 1.7 billion people on blank banks globally. Most of them have smartphones today, um, or at least in a lot of countries, it's getting to most of them having smartphones. They can go straight to digital banking and digital payments. I don't see why they would need a checking account from like a brick and mortar bank anymore. Um, but having said that, you know, there were a lot of lessons learned in emerging markets when they went straight to mobile phones. It's, it's understanding, you know, how, how phone credit works and that people were, were spending way too much of their personal money on, on phone credit because then they just wanted data all the time. And so understanding those trade-offs, it's exact same with finance. It's an amazing opportunity, but to be cautious on, and making sure that the people using our products are growing right along with us. Um, and, and that's sort of, uh, yeah, a big priority with Tang App yeah. as well. Oh, that's such a beautiful uh, message, I think, for all our viewers, because that is what, you know, we keep telling people from time to time. There's been this overload of financial technology within India as well. And a lot of it is more about like, you know, freebies that are just giving, you know, being spread across people. And this, yeah. this encouragement to sort of adapt and sort of, you know, get more people into it. And a lot of it is, of course, driven by, by the kind of funding that has come. But it's also important because for it to become like more, more like sustainable in the long run, it, it's important that people understand the product that they're using so this is such a brilliant vision um do we, do you see sort of tang app uh, ex expanding to other geographies as well in in the few in the coming years do you, do you envision something like that yeah, i absolutely i think that the concept can be applied to a lot of countries I, the four largest remittance markets in the world are india china um, Mexico and the Philippines and so um, and they very similarly um, have unbanked population still uh, unfortunately so it, it's very interesting for us obviously to apply what we're doing in the Philippines later having said that I have a lot to do <laughs> right now as you know uh, Neha building a, a venture is a lot of work so we're taking <laughs> at a time but I would absolutely um, our vision is at one point to be the the international um, peer-to-peer uh, -peer transaction app for the unbanked and I don't see why that isn't possible so yeah yeah we will do this again in a few years and see where we stand <laughs> no no I, I I absolutely you know agree with you and the reason why I asked is you know I have this vision of like you know one day like you know uh, problems which are solving like global problems which are not just restrictive to one geography but just sort of catering to a larger audience and and that was such a beautiful yeah. way to sort of put it um, as we sort of come to a close Rebecca what is it that you know has in inspired you what is this one book or, or a quote or anything that you've sort of come across and a lot of learning I think as a startup entrepreneur comes from the failures that we have so what goes on social media usually is the accomplishments and and you know before those accomplishments a lot of times there's rejection so like you know from from an example that I, I we recently got rejected from a bunch of you know um, invest incubator programs and then you know we thought are we doing this right and then all of a sudden something happens which makes you think no you know this this is something worth doing so have you sort of encountered that and what is what is it what is that one inspiration that keeps you going yeah i think absolutely i think i i always think about um founding a venture like tang app has been for me i've 
feel so privileged I get to do that. Um, it's been the toughest job by far. Um, I've worked as a strategy consultant, worked in a nonprofit, um, multiple experiences. This is the toughest one by far, but it's also the best. Um, and I feel very lucky I get to do a job I love, um, even when it's tough at times. You deal with rejection every day. And I had to learn a different way of coping with that. So going with, um, going with, you, you'll get, you'll get nine no's, you'll get one yes. And the one yes is that matters. So instead of with every no, you know, not wanting to get up out of bed anymore, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know, you're brilliant and you've always been, you know, this, the, the best and brightest person in whatever environment. And so these no's are hard on people like us. And so I've switched my mindset on great. Another no, um, I'm one more down to get to that one. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete mind shift, um, not taking things too personally. And, and I think a quote that also drives me is, um, it's actually Adam Smith. And he wrote in The Wealth of Nations that how selfish soever a man may be supposed, man or woman, um, there are evidently some principles in their nature which interest him in the fortune of others and render their happiness necessary to him, but he derives nothing from it except the pleasure of seeing it. Now, a super long winding quote, what it basically means is man and woman, I like to say, um, are inherently good. And I think that especially for being in finance we very much believe in finance for good not for evil um and it exists it's just about the people and the team behind it and that quote has sort of stuck with me um all throughout my education because um there are moments where especially building a venture you will start wondering whether people also care as much as you or do they care about the social mission or, or do people only care about returns or you know smart investments or making money and I think that's that's been more naturally linked to people in the finance world um, but I, I have also seen a lot of people go above and beyond for Tang App for no reason and so um, I do believe people are inherently good. And um, that to me is my North Star. Perhaps a bit delusional at times. I am cautious uh, and I do do my due diligence on partners. But uh, considering one of our big mottos is finance for good, not for evil, um, that's one that has inspired me throughout this journey. That is such a wonderful thought. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your time and, and, you know, for sharing this beautiful vision. And I sort of, you know, I hope and pray that, that of course, Tang App comes to India, like, you know, whenever it does. And for all the success with Tang App and the, the brilliant things that you're doing and sort of building and catering to this, this amazing audience, I think, which benefits at the end of the day. So a huge congratulations for your journey so far. And I wish you all the very best. And thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you once again and wish you all the best. No problem, Niha. Anytime. Thank you for having me.